0: How are you living? Austin Cunningham and Justin Trees here to go over the week one preseason games here on another episode of Talking Football. Uh, Glad to be back here. Uh, Pretty eventful weekend for myself. Had our fantasy football draft. Felt like I had a pretty good team. I was able to convince a guy that I wanted to take Patrick Mahomes at number two overall as he had the number one draft pick. And I convinced him so much that I was hoping that he wouldn't take him. That he eventually did take him. And when I walked into the draft and saw that Patrick Mahomes was taking number one, I started dying laughing. I was like, honey, dick your bitch ass. Here we go. I will take Christian McCaffrey. And then the rest of the night was just solid. Uh, good weekend for me, clearly. A good weekend for some of these rookies that played. Mr. Justin Trees, how was your weekend, sir?
1: Oh, it was a blast. My little sister actually got married this weekend. And hey, congratulations. Thanks, thanks. Um, and man, that party was a riot. Um, yeah. it got out of hand, open bar, and um I don't know. I took, I mean, ungodly amounts of shots. Um, everybody was like, Oh, it's Justin, just the shot maker that literally I was just carrying around bottles, just serving shots to everybody, apparently. I don't really remember a lot of it, but you know, stuff happens. So there we it, go it was a great time and wonder what they're still married after three days. So it's a win
0: off to a great start. It seems (laughs) like, uh, unlike Mr. Trevor Lawrence, whose first NFL snap, uh, was a sack fumble. Uh, now he did recover the fumble, but Justin Treese. I don't know why I'm saying your first name and last name, but Treese, like you got your franchise quarterback. It's evident not the best start here with this first snap, but like what were your honest thoughts though? like watching the rest of his like opportunities that he had that first quarter. Inspiring actually. Like I
1: thought that he played great. Um, I mean that first sack, a lot of people are, yeah, his offensive line sucks. Honestly, he held onto the ball too long on that one. I think that he, yeah. he, he missed, he missed a window and almost threw it and then was like a oh, nope. And then by the second time he started looking around, like it was too late and he got sacked. Um, honestly, what was encouraging was He, Yeah, he got sacked that play, but they still end up getting a first down. And then later on, he got sacked again and had another second down and long situation, and they end up getting a first down. Like, that's what you want to see, right? Like, you want to see a quarterback that's that that young being honestly put in bad situations, like a second and 16, a second and 17, but can you get a first down? And both times he did. So that was very, very encouraging. This was out without DJ Chark in the lineup as well, as he had finger surgery last week. Um, already back practicing, so it'll be fine for the regular season, but he'll probably keep missing a little bit of time overall. But honestly, super excited for him. He made that amazing throw. A lot of people are like, Oh, boy, he had all the time in the world. Of course he made the throw he should. I mean, I'm like, yeah, but quarterbacks don't, <laughs> right? Like, that's the thing is the quarterbacks yeah. don't make those type of throws. So It was awesome to see. Super exciting. Um, It's weird because a lot of people and I was one of the people I was like, man, man, I don't love that urban kind of spent free agency money instead of like on like certain positions, like on defense that like he spent money Mm on um, like special teams players. But man, the special teams like stood out. This team is going to be very, very good. So they had they had two seventy-yard returns. Given they've got they got called back because of pen because of holdings. But like you yeah. want to see that type of stuff that they have these huge returns that get called back, unfortunate. But like, honest, and I mean, Urban's known for special teams, right? Like that's kind of like what what got him going. So that's great. Defense was flying around. Um, v- felt very Baltimore esque in the sense of like, there's always like seven guys around the ball and getting you know tackling all at once. Very different than what the Jags had been because the Jags were always like, it's one guy there, you better make the tackle or if not, it's going to be huge place. Um, yeah. So that was um that was awesome to see. Obviously Jags lost. Still didn't put up a ton of yards. I know that Urban was super upset about the pace of the offense. Uh, He just was like, I want it to go faster, faster, faster. So I expect to see that more next week when they play, uh, they play the Saints on Monday night, actually for preseason two. So that'll be cool on ESPN. Um, But it'll be cool to see them move around. That's,
0: yes, that's the yes. first time they've played on ESPN in a minute, I know. isn't it? I know. God,
1: as we talked about this before, yes, it's like twelve years, so thirteen years since they played on Monday night. Twelve years.
0: So, yeah, you guys yeah, have been. You guys have been rejected from ESPN for twelve years. The Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, Dude, and I like, fucking hate you. Not anymore, though. Good thing that Urban Meyer's
1: no, there. I mean, they still didn't give it to us during the regular season. I think we're on like eight or nine years on um, Sunday night too. So,
0: um so it's been a long time. Prime time Thursday night.
1: Yeah, that's all we get. Um after what? 2018 season, so after the 2017 run, we only got one primetime game after that year, which is crazy. Like you would have thought that like that team would have got multiple. Um I mean, like the Browns are, why the fuck weren't the Jags? Um but yeah, they end up not getting that game cuz that game got flexed out anyways. Um, so right. they didn't even get that game. <laughs> so that was supposed to be against the Steelers got flexed out and it's unfortunate for everybody. Cause that, that Steelers Jags game was like an amazing game. I think the Steelers won in the last play of the game or something like that. So anyways, but, um, good to see, let's move over to the Browns for a minute. Um, looked pretty, you know, looked they didn't start literally like anybody on their start. You know, all most of their starters were out. So like, it is what it is. Uh, Stefanski very good play caller, made some good, good plays there. Um, case Keenum, you know, did what he always does. Um, I will say though, I would think that like Brown's, their offensive line didn't look very good. Again, I know that a lot of the stars weren't playing, but like, if they got injured, I could see that being an issue. Um, joke uh the rookie uh he was everywhere fast as hell yeah, so fast he, he had a great game um so that was cool to see i will say um browns fans be better in the sense of one this is preseason and two you guys are super bowl con- <laughs> you guys are super bowl contenders now like you don't talk shit during preseason games like you kind of need to like tone it down a little bit because like hey. you you beat the literally last year's worst team in the league. Um, I get it. You be excited, but like also at the same time, like you can't, they play both sides of like, Oh, but we've never been here before. We are going to be excited. But then it's like, you guys just disrespect us. I'm like, well, yeah, because you guys act like this. Like you guys need to like, you guys are literally a top five team in the NFL. Like who cares about preseason stuff? Like literally like you worry
0: about week one. You know how we talk about like, ah, the NFL is more fun when certain teams are good. The NFL is more enjoyable when the Browns are not good. Like, yeah, it's just, you know, their fans are unbearable right now. Like they're just, oh my God, we got a quarterback. We're winning games. Like, they're just like, like, oh, look at us. We're so good. Like you can't, you're not as good as the Browns. You'll never be as good as us. It's like everyone has literally been better than you for like 50 fucking years. Yeah. Congratulate. Like, I'm happy for them. I very much am. If Chad Haney doesn't get that third and 14 run to put the Chiefs at like a fourth and one or fourth and inches type deal to get that conversion, the Browns honestly have a really good chance of beating the Chiefs in the playoffs and knocking them out. It's incredible. They got a good team. They've rebuilt the organization. It's awesome. I'm very happy for them. Your fans are becoming very unbearable, and it's like they're almost prideful of it When it's going to be one of these things, well, when they suck again, everyone's going to be like, F you guys, we don't care. We don't even feel bad for you. You deserve to suck after the way you acted when you were good. And I know it's like, oh, we've never been here before. You know what? Maybe there's a reason why. And now that you are here, why don't you just feel a little happier to be in the moment and kind of just take everything in for once instead of walking in like you got these giant cojones that, you know, like you own the place because you don't own shit. I mean, you got to the playoffs, and then you beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. Congratulations. That's just because Big Ben made mistake after mistake after mistake, and then you lost. That's it. The fans are just getting very annoying, and I see them all over my Twitter page all the time, and I'm just like, shut up. Yeah,
1: I, I am happy for them. I actually hope they have a very good season. Um, but one of what I actually love about it is actually that them, the Titans fans are going at it. That's like the that's like the big thing on Twitter is those two. Because it's this whole like Tannehill versus, or sorry, not Tannehill. It's this whole Derek Henry versus Nick Chubb argument. And then it turns into like Browns fans are like, well, Tannehill is only good because of, derrick henry but then like when titans fans say well nick chubb is only you know or like baker mayfield is only baker good mayfield, because of yeah. nick chubb it's like no no that's not the
0: case and like they only, so they're like, having a true they're having a true my dad's better than your dad situation but they're just putting in the running backs so they're arguing over who's going to finish third in the afc Ooh, third yeah
1: okay i get what you, I, I see what you did there yeah yeah for sure
0: because, I mean, it goes Chiefs, Bills, Ravens, Browns, Titans, in my mind. I feel like I'm leaving a team out. But in the AFC, that might be it. Um, I mean... We'll talk about that
1: next week, right? Because next week is our episodes of talking about our division winners and stuff. So anyways, okay. Sorry. We spent way too much time on that game. We should not be spending that much time on preseason games. It's just because it's my team. And what do we always say? It's our podcast. We'll talk about what we want. Um, Let's move to Thursday night. So Thursday night uh, was the Washington football team versus the new England Patriots. Uh, That was the first of the rookie quarterbacks that we got to see. And that was Mac Jones. Honestly, Looked pretty dang good. Um, yeah, you know, 13. What was it? 13 for 19 for 87 yards. I mean, the yards just not going to be there. That stuff's going to happen though. Like during preseason, like a lot of shorter plays, uh, sh- or shorter tosses and all that. So, but overall, looked uh, comfortable in the pocket. Looked like he knew exactly what the plays were going to be. Looked much better in number 10 rather than number 50. No and joke. yeah, like honestly, I think. I think Mac Jones is going to be putting a ton of pressure on that coaching staff to start him before middle of the season.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, yesterday, uh, looking at reports from the Patriots training camp, there's a young uh, linebacker and his name, I don't remember off the top of my head uh was just calling out like just giving cam newton crap for dumping the ball off to the running backs again and again and i guess cam newton comes up to the line of scrimmage gets ready to take the snap the linebackers like watch out for like the dump off to the running back and then like not even joking he dumps it off to james white and like the defense just kind of had themselves laugh at it but mac jones back to that preseason game did look good i mean he had a couple passes that were dropped but he put it right in the bread basket i mean he had a touchdown that was pretty much stolen from him because the receivers got butterfingers But that's an NFL type of throw, right? When him coming into the draft, people are like, ah, he doesn't have the strongest arm. He's not the most athletic. Guess what, dude? You don't need to do that to be quarterback. You just need to be able to put the ball where it needs to be again and again and make smart decisions. That's what Tom Brady's entire career has been. If you can find that again in Mac Jones now, I'm not comparing the two, so don't take it that way. But if you can just get like a sliver, of Tom Brady and Mac Jones and you just take care of the ball and you can move the ball down the field and you let your defense do its job. You're going to have success in that division and you're going to be good. You just now this time the bills have a quarterback and the jets might have one as well. Uh, And so we'll go to that game next. But I, I did think that Mac Jones had a pretty, pretty impressive start uh, in his NFL debut with the uh, new England Patriots. Excuse me. As I hiccup through that, the New York jets and the New York giants start off the preseason um, Zach Wilson, I don't think he did anything like phenomenal, but he played good and he made quick decisions. The ball literally pops out of his hands and he's very good at maneuvering around in the pocket and not having and how do I word this? Not letting like bad things happen, right? Like where you're not getting sacked or the ball's not getting hit out of your hand or you're, you're just trying to force the ball into a window and it gets knocked down or deflected or whatnot. It's just, he takes a snap, he gets a read, gets to his another reading, he just zips it out. And it's like, all right, cool, next play. And that's a nice change of pace for the Jets. What Sam Darnold, it was like, he tried too hard to make things happen. And I know it's the first preseason game, so we shouldn't put that much stock into it. But it was nice to see that, The Jets do have a quarterback that's just going to quickly make a decision to get the ball out of his hands and then just get to the next play.
1: Yeah, I actually agree with that 100%. More about the Jets. So Tevin Coleman didn't play personal reasons. Um, So I was very interested to see how the running backs kind of played with the first team, not overall snaps, just like when basically Zach Wilson was playing. And um, it was actually very interesting. I thought Michael Michael Carter, the rookie from North Carolina, was going to kind of be that guy, but he wasn't. Um, Ty Johnson actually got more um, snaps with the first team than Michael Carter did, which I thought was very, very interesting. Um, And then I was like, okay, that's fine. Let's look at third down because Michael Carter is more of that pass catching back anyway. So, like, let's see how that goes. And it was still Ty Johnson. Ty Johnson played four Mm -hmm. of the five third downs over Michael Carter. So cross that name off of the fantasy sleeper list um, for late (laughs) round draft picks. Um, We'll see. We'll see as the season plays on and whatnot. And obviously you want to watch, you know, preseason two and three to see if they change things up. But I didn't think that was pretty interesting. I thought there was a chance, like, they're just like, Oh, let's just show off these rookies of, you know, Michael, Michael Carter and Zach Wilson. So um, also Denzel Mims, that dude. It's probably well, I don't know what you're laughing at. You're looking it, at your phone, so something happened. You're
0: gonna know Melo just sent us a message in our group chat of like what the fuck, and a lady slid in his DMs, and it's just nice. it's hilarious. I'll that's tell hilarious. you more about it. Sorry, I just I had to see that because I was wondering what his message was, and that if you know Melo, that's fucking hilarious. <laughs> that's awesome. That is awesome. Um Back okay, last part. Doing, I apologize.
1: You're good. Denzel Mimps uh did not play a snap with the first team um there's been reports that he's been running with like the third team i didn't know if that was true or not big telltale sign that denzel mims did literally did not play a snap with the first team
0: huh. well i mean they have cory davis now and crowder Keeler correct Yep, and they signed Keelan Cole from the Jags, which is
1: a lot of people. like It's yep. Keelan Cole, but they tried to trade for Keelan Cole the year before during the um, during the trade deadline, couldn't. becomes a free agent, and then they paid him a good amount of money. Um, and let's not forget, Denzel Mims is like not their like this coaching staff's guy, right? Like this coaching staff was not around for Denzel
0: Mims. Yeah, but Joe Douglas did. Like he's yeah, Joe but- Douglas like a second pick
1: totally but you you know that joe douglas is probably just like hey this is like he's got he had to have put a ton of faith into this coaching staff to be like give me your guys and like we'll we'll
0: build from there hmm. so i i don't know i just thought it was Def, interesting no, I, a second round pick from last definitely year, definitely something to keep an eye on absolutely yeah. did you see anything from Kadarius tony with the giants by chance i did not Okay, I didn't either, so I just didn't know if there was something that we missed. Uh, let's get into this next rookie here, though. Uh, Justin Fields with the Chicago Bears as they beat the Miami Dolphins 20-13. to 13. Uh, Real quick, before we get into Fields, I thought Tua did look good as well, trying to make things happen uh, with the Dolphins. He looked a little bit more comfortable. Um, I think a full offseason with him not rehabbing his hip, going through the draft process, and then you know having an offseason to go through training camp and be present and be able to be coached in person, that might be the difference for him. Uh, real quick, though, let's get into Justin Fields. Chicago, you have your guy. This is it. You traded up to get Mitchell Trubisky. You thought it was him. Uh-uh. This is it. The fact that he got the standing ovation that he did when he ran onto the field and then immediately started making plays. I know one of his touchdown passes was to a wide-open receiver I don't, or a wide-open tight end, whatever. It doesn't matter. The way that he played and the way that he carries himself and the way that the team responds to him – you can tell that he is the future of Chicago, and it's something to be very, very freaking excited about. Now, you don't want to just throw him to the Wolves week one. Also, that the fact that you promised Andy Dalton a couple of weeks of starting, let him have a couple of weeks, and then you bring in Justin Fields. But I think he's eventually going to start this year. Now, I'm not, I don't know how good he's going to be, but it's going to be nice to know like, hey, this is the dude, and he can throw the football. He's accurate, he's strong, and he's very fast. That's it. I don't know what more you could ask for, for the, if you're the Chicago Bears. I'm sure there is a lot because you're never going to be happy with the situation and things should always be better, but you at least got your quarterback, and that's a hell of a start.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm going to move over to the to the Dolphins for a minute. Um, I agree, too. It looked really good. He did throw a pick, but over other than that, he looked solid. Um Interesting the way they played their running backs again. I'm starting to look into that. Miles Gaskin didn't play that much, which was I thought was very interesting. And uh, Gieski had a really good catch, big big like 40 yarder, 45 yarder, I think. So that was nice to see. Um, they they their offensive line looked really bad, and I think that that kind of proved a point. That this is why they made a trade this morning. Uh, ended up getting Greg Little from the Panthers. So um, good for them on getting that now moving back over to the, to the bears and Justin Fields specifically, I will keep saying it because I just want to just keep saying it. The Broncos set themselves back for years and years and years by not taking that kid when they had their chance. Do I, did Patrick Surtain have a pick six today or this weekend? He sure did against like a third stringer. Surtain's going to be an awesome player. I'm going to keep saying it though. If they could have had Justin Fields, they would already be competing in the AFC West. Like they would already be there. Like they would be right behind the Chargers, and they're gonna have to deal with that for <laughs> so long. Like as Justin Fields just dominates,
0: um, <laughs> you're not even. You're not even. Not even with the Chiefs, the Chargers. <laughs> like. Like,
1: but here's the thing though, right? Like the chargers, I think we both agree that the chargers are going to be 10 win team this year. Like I legit think they win 10 games and And I'm saying should
0: be, that's the thing they should be. They should be. And I think
1: what I'm saying is I'm not saying just because they have Justin Fields this year, they're winning. If the Broncos said they're winning 14 games. Right. But I'm saying as a rookie, they could be winning that nine to 10 games. So there's that. I just, I just kept thinking about it. I even thought about the lions too. I was just like, I was just thinking of all the teams that didn't draft him that fucked up. I just started naming them off and the list started at two. So that's where we're at. Um, I think Trey Lance is the only one that is not a fuck up, by not taking him, but Zach Wilson, anybody like it doesn't matter. I think, I think Justin Fields wins rookie of the year Um, spoiler for next episode. Um, I guess, um, I'm, as of right now, wow. that's the way I'm leaning and you brought up how Andy Dalton should be, you know, they promised him that they should start, you know, they'll start in the first couple of games. Fuck that business. Got to win games. Justin. Yeah, should no, start. Absolutely. They should start game. I work.
0: wouldn't, I wouldn't disagree with that, but you just brought up the Denver Broncos. I know we said we start with the rookies, but how about we go into a third year quarterback and drew lock. Uh, let's get that sophomore bump or should I say second year bump with an offensive coordinator and just the offensive playbook because him and Pat Shermer, their offensive coordinator did whatever the hell they wanted to. And they played the Minnesota Vikings. Now I know it's the Vikings and I don't know if it's just, that's how good the Broncos were able to make that offense look and things were clicking good for them. Or if the Vikings are just that bad, but either way, it really felt like the Broncos just got to do, whatever they wanted. Devontae Williams, that other running back that they got out of North Carolina, the second guy uh, with Carter that Patrice just talked about a little bit ago with uh, the jets, that kid is going to be a stud for them. I mean, it's somehow the Broncos do it like every two or three years, they get this rookie running back that they get in like round two, three or four who pops off. And it's like, well, we're going to have a hard time slowing this guy down for a little bit. And I think this is the next one in line for him. but drew lock, looked a lot more comfortable in the pocket. He had a deep ball to K.J. Hamler for a touchdown. Granted, he was wide open, but he did put that ball right on the money, stepped into the throw. It looked good. Um, He didn't have to face a lot of pressure, but I thought he moves the ball around the field just fine. And if you can get that for the Denver Broncos and you can have Drew Locke be comfortable, I just said it with Tua. You got a full offseason to be with the coaching staff and you're not rehabbing any injuries. It's the same thing with Drew Locke here. He's got a full offseason to be with the coaching staff and incorporate, you know, the playbook and, and learn things right there, coach the player, uh, and then with his teammates and be together. I think that could be the difference for him. I, I'm a little bit higher on the Broncos than a lot of people are, but I'm also just kind of hoping that Drew Locke gets it figured out because I don't want him to to fail. Now, when he initially came into the league and when we initially started this podcast, I was annoyed with him because I interviewed him and he compared his game to Aaron Rodgers, And I was like, what a douche. Like this guy is so cocky. Now it's like, he's kind of had that humble experience and I realized he can't. And I think he realizes he can't get away with what Aaron Rodgers necessarily does because that's just how good he is. But if Drew Locke can figure out his game and what he is good at and continue to grow off of it, he is going to be good in the league. And he is going to be good for the Broncos. So I'm, I'm going to stand for Drew Locke. Yeah.
1: And by get away, what Aaron Rodgers does, you mean by get away by being like the most accurate quarterback? Is that, is sorry, is that what you
0: meant by that? No, nah, I know you're being jokester right here and sarcastic, but it's just like the way that Drew Locke compared himself to Aaron Rodgers that, you know, he can make the off platform throws and he can kind of torque his body and has the arm strength. And it's like, Aaron Rodgers can do all of that and then still put the ball exactly where it needs to be with pressure in his face. And Drew Lock is more of like a, holy shit, there's a defender running at me. I need to get this ball out as quickly as I can. And he throws it hard and then becomes inaccurate. And then there's turnovers. So I think that's kind of what I mean by essentially you can't do what Aaron Rodgers does, which is exactly what you just sarcastically said back to me. So to answer your question, yes.
1: Yes. Um so the the Vikings didn't play anybody on defense like literally I think they played like two or three starters. So I'm actually not going to put too much stock into like how good Drew Lock looked. I want to see it, you know, against, you know, actual starting defenses. Um mm-hmm. and honestly cuz like Teddy Bridgewater looked good too. Drew Lock's yardage looks better because of the deep throw to Handler that you talked about, but I mean, yeah. Teddy B was like 7 for 9 or something like that. Well, Drew Locke was five of seven. I mean, they both looked good. So I think that that was more just a reflection on Minnesota's defense. Um, Kellen Mund looked good. Speaking of rookie quarterbacks um, for the Vikings. I mean, he kind of looked better than what I thought. I was never really a big Kellen Mund guy, but honest, I mean, his stats don't really show it. He's six for 16, but like, I felt like he looked more comfortable in the pocket than what I thought. And the offensive line was struggling. He was always rolling out, just having to kind of throw on the run and stuff. Um, And one of the receivers dropped a dropped a wide, not a wide open touch. And it was, he threw, he thread the needle and it was in his hands and he got the receiver, got it ripped out. Um, So I think his stats would have looked better as well. So let's move on. So not a rookie, but, kind of a rookie um let's talk about jordan love since we were just talking about there it is there we go he looked good he looked nice he looked like that dude has been paying attention to what aaron Rodgers does yep i think i'm right there with you i'm excited to see like what happens again not going to put too much stock into it but like I'm excited to see what he can do next year. And honestly, he gets one more year of just sit behind Rogers and stuff. Like he, he's going to learn so much that like, I'm, I'm excited. I don't know if he's going to be successful or not. Again, I would not would get rid of Rogers. I would have done <laughs> shit. I would have traded Jordan love over getting rid of Rogers. Even if Rogers only has a couple more years, Uh, just because Rogers is that special, but I'm excited to see what he can do. Like he was making some great throws, stepping up in the pocket, you know, throwing dimes. Um, He did get hurt. Sounds like it's he's fine. Um, But overall, man, it was nice to see that in a preseason game because we didn't really get to see him at all last year. Obviously, no preseason, no training, you know, not as much training camp and stuff. Um, And then he didn't really play last year just because obviously Aaron Rodgers was busy
0: winning the MVP. Yeah, I, people couldn't see us, but, man, we both had a big smirk on our faces when we brought up Jordan Love. Uh, there were some throws that he made, man, down the field, like that. the seam route that he hit to Sternberger uh, was a pretty throw. And, I mean, he zipped it in there. There was another throw that he had that was in a pretty tight window um, with two defenders kind of like right on the receiver's tail and one coming across the face, I believe, if I remember correctly. And it was just like, hey, uh, it's pretty nice. And there were some throws that he made, too, that were off-platform. Like, he didn't have his feet, you know, pointed at the receiver. He kind of had everything still square. Like, he's facing the line of scrimmage, but he uses his arm. And it's like, okay, like, we've kind of seen that before from a guy who is currently the starter for the Packers. Um, it's it's nice to see, though, because there's a lot of question marks on who this kid was going to be, especially with what we saw with Aaron Rodgers' offseason season. <laughs> But man, if you're about to go three generations in a row on quarterbacks for the Packers, like you just gotta give them a fucking round of applause. Like, hey, you you don't know how to end a storyline. You know, I hear there's a famous Arthur uh, Stephen King who can't he can't end a storyline. He just he can't end a book well, it like, gets all bad. Packers might just be the same way with their quarterbacks. Like, fuck it. Hey, sorry, appreciate what you did here. Won a Super Bowl, you got a couple of MVPs next guy's here in line like yeah we don't know how to tell you but this just over it's a bad breakup but if you do if they have got it figured out i mean they're gonna go on a 45 year run of just having a quarterback and it's a little something to be jealous of oh a thousand percent a thousand percent um let's move over
1: to uh the chiefs niners game obviously yep. your team um i'm gonna kind of let you lead lead the way on this one
0: yeah, I thought the defense looked good. Um, Chris Jones, I think, had a couple sacks, which was nice. Uh, Shane Buchel had a game-winning drive there to end the game. I think he's pretty much competing for that third-string quarterback spot. Uh, this was a guy who started out at Texas and then eventually moved over uh, to SMC, or what is that school called in Dallas? SMU, is that it? Yeah. Like, either way, that's where he goes. He And he played well there. So then for him to come in Kansas City and kind of be fighting for that backup role, uh, I think it was neat to kind of see what he can do and lead the offense. Uh, the offensive line, though, let's get to the starters here. We've no need to talk about these depth guys, all right? Uh, that new offensive line, them are some big freaking boys. They're big dudes, and they're strong, and they're physical, and they did a good job. I thought uh, I wanted to see more Adam McCall Hardman but it's it's the preseason and there's no need to kind of get these starters rolling I thought Patrick Mahomes was Patrick Mahomes uh in terms of any of the depth guys I don't feel like anyone really flashed outside of Jody Fortson to me who's been a kind of a practice squad guy the last couple years as a receiver and he made the transition to tight end um this past season and offseason and he had a nice little one-handed grab and got some extra yardage with it but I think he's a guy who Could be fighting for that third tight end role uh, with Blake Bell. But he's a big, like I think he's got like 6'6 frame, real big hands. He's got some speed to him as well. And if the Chiefs can get that as a tight end, that's going to be nice. And the reason I bring him up is because he even got to run through the one with the ones on offense this past week in training camp um, directly after the preseason game. So just something to kind of keep an eye on there. He's a big old dude, number 88. Uh, moving forward for the chiefs now to go to the san francisco 49ers uh, i thought their defense was fast just about everywhere on the field uh and trey lance did did find his first you know his first start in the league i think the touchdown pass that he had uh was to a wide open guy kind of like some of these other deep passes we've talked about but it was the fact that he made the throw and it was accurate and they were able to score off of it. Cause I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo makes that throw. And I know we've seen other people say that, but I, I agree with that statement. Like, I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo rolls out to the left like that looks all the way across the field and goes, yep. I'm going to just going to chuck this puppy. Trey Lance is like, fuck it. Here we go. <laughs> there it is. And I think we saw that a couple of times. Now his offensive line didn't do too hot. I don't know how long they played their starters, but he got a nice little welcome to the NFL. Like, he got sacked like two or three times. It might've been even more than that, but That was kind of my mindset on watching the game. I didn't pay too much attention to it. I'll be just completely honest. By the time you get through these third-string guys, there's only a couple that you're really paying attention to. And other than that, in terms of the Chiefs, it was like, we already know who's here and who's not. Let's just kind of get this game moving on with.
1: Yeah. um, Things that I was interested in, I really wanted to see four of your guys' starters, receivers that were playing, um, because that's just been a huge question mark. It clearly seems like it is DeMarcus Robinson that is going to be opposite of Tyreek Hill in two wide receiver sets and then Hardman's only going to be coming in on three wide receiver sets given the Chiefs run like 80% of the time they're in three wide receiver sets so I <laughs> mean yeah. so so you're fine but I'm just saying like it was interesting to see I really Honestly, I was really hoping that Hardman would take over that job opposite of Tyree Kill. Like I was just really hoping that are all hoping
0: I, it. Yeah.
1: But I I don't think it's gonna st- at least not start out that way. I think that I think that job is for Demarcus Robinson. Uh the other thing was, um, which you know this, but some of our followers might not, like Jarek McKinnon has been getting a ton of buzz at your guys' camps. Like he's been getting a ton. And um I kind of thought that he might even start taking over some of the third down role from uh, Ceh a little bit, um, mm-hmm. but he didn't. When they were at when the offense start, when the starters were out, Ceh played every third down. So honestly, that's good for Ceh and Ceh um, fantasy owners. I guess like you know, not maybe you don't have as much to worry about as what was like what some people were trying to like you know pick out, which I was one of them. I was just like, oh. Getting a ton of buzz from McKinnon. McKinnon looked pretty good last year. He is a pass catcher. I was like, maybe he might take a little bit away from C.H., but it might be C.H.'s role altogether.
0: Yeah, and uh, I, we didn't really get to see much on him, but like you said, Drake McKinnon, I thought he did. You know, he flashed a little bit. Dude's quick, and we got to see that, and that'll just be a nice little addition to have in the backfield for the Chiefs. Another one of those, like, crap, we got to pay attention to this guy too. For sure. Um,
1: let's talk about the Bengals. So Bengals, Bucks, Um, interesting to see how things played out. Um, I mean, it's already reported that Burrow's not even playing game two either. Um, but it is reports that he's like begging the staff to like let him out so he can like get used to actual other teams coming after him um, so he can get more comfortable with that. I think it would be a mistake for the Bengals to not play him the entire preseason even if it's just one series, like you would like to see it in series in game two, where you just get at least a yeah. series, maybe maybe two to three throws and two to three handoffs and then just call it. Like, I think that would be nice. Um, you, all, I also get it. Like you, why risk it type thing, but like at the same time, like do you want that first game to be like all these, like things going through his head, you know, not, not comfortable with his knee when you could have done that during the preseason. Obviously there is a risk reward pr- factor there, but my opinion you should play him and i'm not saying even a whole quarter i am saying literally one series and just see how it goes um that's my opinion there um but other than that it was nice to see jamar chase out on on the field like we didn't get to see him call in college last year so that was cool to see uh t higgins is going to be another beast tyler Boyd. i mean i just like the Bengals' offense um tampa bay brady played that was interesting to see Mm -hmm. um and it is clear that Gio Bernard is going to be the third down back there. Um, it honestly hurts Ronald Jones in fantasy. It hurts Leonard Fournette in fantasy. Um, those two are going to be just basically competing for, you know, snaps on first and second down. And it seems like Gio literally just took what he was doing with the Bengals. Cause he was just a very good third down back there. And now he he's going to do the same thing for the Buccaneers.
0: Yeah, and uh, going to the the Bengals' defense real quick, Joseph Osai, I mean, pretty much to, like, start the game, got a sack on Tom Brady. So that was his true, like, welcome to the NFL type of moment. And what a way to get your first sack. I know it's preseason, but the first guy that you sack in your career with an NFL helmet on for an NFL team is Tom Brady. It's got to be a pretty cool feeling. Uh, And that's nice for the Bengals, too, to kind of have that added pass rush. Uh, This is a guy with Texas who really just kind of jumped on the scene in his last two years in the – uh, in the program and really switched over to an edge rusher and became pretty dominant. So, if he can carry that over to Cincinnati, that's going to be great for them. Uh, going to Kyle Trasso, the rookie quarterback for the Buccaneers, a kid from Florida, uh, he had a couple nice throws himself. You know, he looked like he was a little he was comfortable in the pocket, uh, he had some poise to him, which is nice. Um, I think he's gonna be the guy who takes over. Tampa Bay after Brady moves on. Now, whether that's in you know an, another two years or so with however old he's going to be, uh, Kyle Trask is definitely a kid to keep an eye on for the Buccaneers moving forward, because I do think it's going to be him that takes over the role.
1: Yeah, I don't disagree with you there. Um, obviously, we haven't hit every game yet. There's probably one more that I want to hit, and that is the Steelers versus the Eagles. Uh, that game was interesting to me just to see how things played out. Um I'll just talk about the Eagles side. Um interesting to see just how they played things. Um on Johnson got a couple snaps but then got released today. Uh Jalen Hurts kind of did what we all expect him to do. He's going to be kind of inaccurate, but he's going to make some big, big throws. He only had one rush, which is great for college or for college for preseason, because you obviously don't want him having to do a lot there um, until the regular season, but he'll be solid there. Uh, The biggest thing that that stood out to me was everybody has left Zach Ertz for dead basically. And that dude's not going anywhere. Um, And everybody that's high on Dallas Goddard in fantasy, I would not be because I think that those two are going to continue to just be splitting snaps or both being on and just both being on the field and just taking targets away from each other. That unfortunately I think that they're both going to end up in that, you know, tight end 12 to 15 range just because they they're not getting the amount of targets as the upper tier tight ends. Um, Nice to see Jalen Rager looking, looking pretty solid though. So um, yeah. So overall, that's kind of my thoughts on the Eagles offense.
0: Yeah. And I mean, uh, Jalen hurts. He played like the first series or two, correct? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just crazy to see how much this team rallies around him. Like you know, even on the sideline, like these, everyone just like walks up to him and is like, yep, this is, this is our franchise guy. And I mean, there were even reports that came out yesterday that was like, yep. Jalen Rager is the franchise quarterback for the Eagles. And it's just kind of crazy to see how, quickly that happened for them like moving on from Carson Wentz to be like it is Jalen Hurts this is his team we'll see what he does now I'm not really buying into it because I think some of it's just you know it's teammate talk they're gonna be like oh yeah this guy's not our quarterback like you know we kind of wish Carson was still here that's just not gonna happen you're not gonna hear that and if you did it would be pretty pretty insane in my opinion but it is gonna be interesting to see how they look the rest of this year um, Jalen Rager, you know, had a huge highlight, one-handed reception and like a joint practice with the Patriots. It looked pretty cool. I uh, got both feet in bounds as well, so it was an official catch. So maybe that'll transition into the season. We don't know because we definitely didn't get to see it last year. But the Eagles are kind of one of those teams where I feel like everyone's forgotten about them, just like you mentioned, Therese. But they st- they're still going to be decent. Like they're still going to be competing. And someone might hear them be like, well, duh, it's the NFL. I just feel like they're going to be competing at a higher level than we think. Cause we've just kind of like written them off in a way. Now I don't know win wise or, you know, ranking wise in the division divisional where that's going to be for them, but I do think they find themselves on a lot of close games and they do win some. And we're just like, Holy crap. Like the Eagles pulled this one out again.
1: Yeah. um, Yeah. It's going to be interesting. I think that that the offense is going to have those games that they put up a ton of points, in some games, and then literally nothing, almost a lot. Like, what the Cardinals did last year. You felt like sometimes the Cardinals were putting up like 30, 40 points. And then all of a sudden it's like, you put up 10 points against this team. Like what just happened? Like I kind of feel the same way here. Um, Okay, cool. I mean, honestly, that's kind of all I really had to talk about. Um, Didn't have much. Um, Obviously there's other games that we didn't talk about, but those were, I, we really wanted to focus on a lot of the rookies, specifically rookie quarterbacks. Um, So, yeah. So here's our plan moving forward, everybody, just so everybody's kind of on the same page next week, we are going to do a, our episode where we choose all of our division winners, talk about Super Bowl predictions and all of that. Um, Probably some awards like MVP offensive player of the year. So on and so forth, we are going to have a special guest with us that we're super excited for. So that's going to be next week. Expect that to come out probably on Wednesday or Thursday of next week, the following week, Austin is going to be on vacation doing i don't know what i wanted to say I got something a sister but getting married sisters getting married so he's going to be having a great old time there so then that episode i would then do probably a big fantasy episode and whatnot and then the following week is it's season time so it's time for us to dive Let's into go. predictions so um yeah so we'll see you all next week super excited um preseason game number two is going to be awesome because I think I think it's going to be more like preseason game three of previous years when we used to have four games where a lot of starters play more. I'm sure that's how it's going to be this uh, for week two. So lots of games over the weekend. And honestly, I think that's about it. You got anything else, Austin?
0: Nope. Thank you guys for listening. We appreciate it. If you enjoyed it, tell a friend. If you didn't, maybe just don't tell them. All right? Just keep that to yourself. But thank you guys for listening. Always appreciate it. Follow us on Twitter. Follow the Talking Football account on Twitter. Just keep interacting with us. We love doing this. Again, appreciate you guys for listening. And tonight we've been Talking Football.